What's up and welcome to this week's episode of How Not to Summon a Podcast. I'm Shini Senpai, and this week I'm joined by the guy who wants an augmented penis, Jim. Ah, it's extendable. And that guy who's diving in that ice bath with Lucy, Grayson. Oh, it's a cold love. <laughs> and this week we are doing the Netflix show, episode one to five, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Bet you can't guess the genre of cyberpunk edge runners. Is it cyberpunk? <laughs> it it it's cyberpunk. It's cyberpunk. It's, it's, a cy- it's cyberpunk. The genre is cyberpunk. I think it's Akira. It's two point It's um pretty much a, a well, better version, updated, modernized version. That was of very Akira. posh. Sorry. Sorry. It was updated. <laughs> 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 oh, it's it's very very he hot. said that with his teeth. Come on, England. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd get it in there. That's fine. <laughs> I knew. We were going to get it in at some point in this episode. Tell me something your mum doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you don't know what we're on about, Google it. <laughs> That's in the highlights of like... Google it. It's in the special. That's somebody's ringtone now. It's <laughs> 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 me deep throat in a mic. <laughs> Won't be the first time either. No, it's not. Oh, his name was Mike. <laughs> <laughs> he was deep throated. Very close, it was Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. This is getting cut. Uh, it was directed by Hiroyugi Imeshi. He did other works like Killer Kill and Gurren Lagan. No surprise. How did Bro. you not how did you Bro. not notice this from like Bro. the intro scene where he's walking? The animation yeah. for the walking is Kill the kill, Gurren Lagan. It felt very yeah. space dandy as yeah. well. It's yeah. the ending of uh, Gurren Lagan. It's the, the hands uh, in the pockets bit. walk, the isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That, that sort of strut with the, the lean back. Yeah. The bro walk. Yeah, but the difference is, Kill the kill and Gurren Lagan didn't have Franz Ferdinand doing the banging intro. Yeah. It was Franz Ferdinand. It is. It yeah. is. Very noticeably yeah. Franz Ferdinand I, as well. I was fa- put it on and I went, wait, I know that guitar. Yeah, just from the effects. I know that. Riff. Just it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I know what that is. I, went, oh, okay, I don't know what that is. I, I, that I is. thought that was about what's that coming over the hill? <laughs> <laughs> the studio was well. It was a joint project, really, between like CG Project, who created Cyberpunk, the video game. Did and they just Netflix. give them? Sorry, did they just give them the info? But basically, there, there are so cyberpunk. many aspects from the cyberpunk game in this show. Yeah. And, and there's characters that pop up that you're like, yeah, that's from the game. I've never played it, so I don't and know. And the book. Yeah. There's a book? Cyberpunk is a... Originally based on the book, d and Is it? It's a tabletop RPG, cyberpunk, yeah. Okay. And then that went into the game, and then the game went into this Netflix adaption. Yeah. And it's a really old one. You're talking, like, the 80s. Which is actually... What? Wait, the book's from the 80s. The book is from the 80s, yeah. I think it's the 80s, maybe even the, the early 90s, but definitely around there, yeah. That's very forward thinking of the person that did the book from the 80s, by the way. What, the cyberpunk? Yeah, universe? that's what everyone that's thought what the everyone future was going to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Cyberpunk. Did it was all, all going to be augmented and everything. Oh, did we expect like all of us to wear goggles? But have you not seen Blade Runner? Yes. That's, that's, that's cyberpunk. That's steampunk. Yeah, but the 80s was just metal. Like, everything Blade Runner is it, cyberpunk. Like, yeah, it is. Shit, it's literally just... androids and augmented humans. Yes. Like the Minority Report? Minority Report, it, it's kind a, of. It's an Aeon Flux? Aeon Flux? Aeon Flux is definitely. Yeah. All of this stuff, doesn't that all come from like the 80s? Or uh, 90s? 
Not Aeon Flux. Aeon Flux was early early 2000s, I think. Was maybe, it? Maybe the mid. That yeah. was people's prediction of the future. Yeah, pretty much. What a disappointment. It went from Jetsons to that dystopian cyberpunk well, no, uh, thing. Uh, this is set. Hold on, I'll give you a date as to when 2076. it's supposed to be. 2076. 2076, yeah. So, there's time. No, there's not. We're barely even going to get away from it. I don't know, actually. To be fair, the way we're going at the minute, there's chips coming for the brain soon, thanks Elon Musk. I hope so. Yeah. So genuinely uh, hope so. I, we, all, I, we all just want the phone, don't we? Yeah, in the That's head. That's all we want. Yeah. All we want. Just, we just want a phone. Yeah. Tesla phone. That's all we want. Uh, yeah, considering... Just put it right behind the ears, through vibrations you can hear. That's it, all I want. Isn't that just like a Give it another 55 hippies. years, mate, and we'll all be half cyber. I hope so. Like, genuinely, I do. So, Maybe my back will stop hurting. <laughs> so, voice cast. David, voiced by Zach Aguila. We've had him on before. It's not on the show. But he's Genos in One Punch Man. That was where we'd recognise him from. Okay, yeah. He is also the, the, the lead voice actor in Demon Slayer as well, Tanjiro. But we know him as Genos. Lucy, voiced by Emmy Lowe. She was, we'd recognise, Uta from Bubble. Yeah. The she bubble, sounded yeah. really The familiar. bubble girl. That's where we'd recommend. She's done loads of other stuff, but that's, you know. She's the hoots from Bubble. You got Maine, voiced by William C. Stevens. This was his first real bit of work. And again, Rebecca as well, voiced by Alex Cazares. You say Maine's is the first bit of work he's done? Yeah, yeah. Proper, proper animated. Okay. I yeah. recognise the voice, though. Don't know why. I didn't get any ratings for the show. Shall okay. I have a look at the ratings yeah, for the show? That's all right. This is all staying in. Don't worry, Shuni. It's fine. I think we deserve to know the rating of it because it is a Netflix. Mm. Hasn't done his job, probably, audience this time. Also. Out drinking last night? So Yes, he was. I, yes. <laughs> IMDb? In, in a silk jacket, wasn't it? Silk. Beautiful. 150 quid jacket. Anyway. Absolute disgrace. Why? It's because I'm a fancy man. Anyway, out of 10 IMDb? 6.8. Uh, 7. I'm going for straight up 7. 8.3 out of 10. Ooh. Has got an RT score out of 100%. Audience or Rotten Tomato Critics? Audience. Audience score. I'm going with 70. 82. 96%. And a critic score of 100%. What? Mm. That's bullshit. How many critics did they actually speak to? Two. One. <laughs> no, one. His name is Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> and he does all the scoring. Yeah. And he loves Cyberpunk. And he's from Tomato Town. <laughs> so, episode one. As we said before, it's set in 2076. And we meet the main protagonist very early on. His name is David Martinez. He is this young guy who's attending this prestigious Arasaka Academy. Now, Arasaka is like the global conglomerate that runs the city as well as everything else. It's this massive corporation. It's very ready player one, that is. One massive corporation oh, that basically runs the world. Yeah, you see what I mean? I, I, it's this kill, is, it's this kill is the kill. It is yeah. essentially it's what they are. girl going to a school they don't belong to. Yes. I mean, it's kill yeah. the kill. Yeah. But we don't have giant men kicking down doors in this world. <laughs> well, you do. Just not in the school. Just not in the school. As you said, David is this lad who financially shouldn't be going to the Arasaka Academy, but his mum, whose name is Gloria, she works super hard in her job as well as other things that we find out to pay for him to do this because she wants her son to be successful. She wants him to climb this corporate ladder. David, in the meantime, illegally modifies his cyberware 
so that he doesn't have to put a financial strain on his mum because uh, the school requires them to have this update to, to continue with their lessons. So David goes out of his way to get some illegal update installed so that his mum doesn't have to pay. Naughty, naughty. Never done that, ever. <laughs> I never wore a school jumper from the school. You I always wore my own. You wouldn't steal a mobile. You wouldn't steal a handbag. <laughs> you wouldn't download a car. Exactly. You wouldn't download a car. The modifications that he makes, unfortunately, crash the school system. And his mum's called in and she agrees to pay for all the damages to the school systems that David has caused. On their way home from meeting with the headmaster, David... He has an argument with his mum where she says, look, I'm doing all of this for you, David. Like, I'm working my ass off so that you can have a better life and that's all I want for you. This is when he's on the highway, right? Yeah. Yeah, I knew she was going to die at this very moment. As soon as she was giving him the talk of, I love you so much. I was like, <laughs> no, Uncle dead. Ben. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Force of great habit. comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. As anyway. soon as that happened, before any like ominous things that happened around the car, I was like, she's giving him the tool. We need to notice, David doesn't have any special augmentations at this point as well. He is He's only got those basic bits that people have where they can plug themselves into systems and stuff like oh, that. Oh, natural. Whatever is the norm for those times, he doesn't have anything extra. Unfortunately, they're caught in the middle of a drive-by shooting and his mum is left badly wounded the medvac team do arrive, but she's not got the insurance with them, so they scan her, detect no insurance, and just leave her lying in the road, dying. Very American. She manages to Pretty receive. <laughs> she manages. Much. You got healthcare. She manages to receive some care. She has insurance. Yeah, it's just shit. It's just insurance. shit. Yeah, it's like your bog standard basic insurance. And it's, they still have to pay because David has to access her accounts to pay for her to be stabilised, as the doctor says. While she's in hospital, David discovers that in her jacket that was laying in the road that he picked up, she had some stolen military-grade Sandvestin spine implant. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Basically a military-grade spinal implant. Yeah, because we've seen before, like, a guy... There was that whole cutscene before, wasn't there, with the guy that the was pre, going fucking pre credit roll. Yeah, the pre-credit yeah. roll, which he was that mental. guy. He also... That guy took off, like, the head of, like, eight people. That was the opening, wasn't yeah. it, to the yeah. whole episode, basically. We saw this ex-military guy dispatch a whole fucking unit of police officers. One thing, that's our guy. Our guy's in that military police. He's in that police unit, the right? To our guy. <laughs> our guy what? is in that police unit. <laughs> is that, that is oh. not, no, the guy that normally gets a safe job, that's not a safe that's job. Not that's not job. our guy. That's not his job. No, he's got a hot dog yeah. stand yeah. across the road. Yeah, and he's still and getting he catches a stray bullet. <laughs> a stray <laughs> bullet. Have you seen the amount of bullets that are fucking flying everywhere? He catches a stray rocket launcher. That's all it is. <laughs> Straight through the hot dog. <laughs> Take that how you will. <laughs> Just as he's about to eat it. <laughs> Your dad's fine. He runs a hot dog stall in the market. In a nice neighbourhood. <laughs> it's a quiet part of town. <laughs> but it lets us get by at least. He brings back free sausages. <laughs> I wonder what a regular school's like in this world. 
I imagine Ready Player One. Yeah. I don't think they plug themselves in. I reckon a regular school is like a regular school, like a poor school where yeah. there is genuinely a teacher at a whiteboard going, "This is it, children." Yeah, but then there's like people with like fucking spider arms behind him, like Why fucking the around. Fuck with heavy spider <laughs> arms. <laughs> They've all got like <laughs> augmentations and shit. No, they were like Doc Ock. They're pricey. Him. Augmentations are expensive. Yeah, but everybody, you either seem to be a rich fancy boy who's working for the corporation. No, you, or... we've all seen that guy who's jacking himself off while he's in the simulation. He pops yeah. up at least. Three times in this. What do you want about? That's your machine. That is. It is. <laughs> it is my machine. Sheeny sits there with his Oculus fucking quest on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we've also all seen oh. that scene where that one guy's <laughs> fucking up the top and then there's one guy taking it below. Yes. What's going on there? Imagine if you looked up out of it to see this guy over it's there. using all of man's scientific research for good measures. Yeah. That's the greater that good. Is. The greater <laughs> good. <laughs> David also at accidentally happens to run into his classmate, Katsuo, the pompous rich kid who doesn't like David. The Draco Malfoy of this story. <laughs> yes. Wait, you much. wait until my father hears about this. Except his dad's Dumbledore. <laughs> yes. He insults David's mum by insinuating that she's earned the money for him to attend the academy uh, in shameful ways. By sucking dick. <laughs> and then a fight ensues. Uh, the rich kid's got some sort of fucking martial art implant. So he kicks the living... What is all that bravado as well, where he's like throwing hands but not actually touching it? I thought that was all he was going to do. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's just going to shadow box him for no reason. And then he just kicks the shit out of David. Got that Bruce Lee implant. (laughs) (laughs) No, he didn't bring out nunchucks. (laughs) Following the assault... So all he does, that's a no- what noises is that dude making when he's fighting? That would put me off. Oh, it would, put, off, it would put me off. Kick him in the nuts. You just sound like Big Stan there. Oh. What? You've seen Big Stan? Big Stan? Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider in that. It's a foot. Don't worry. Really? Don't worry. Okay. Anyway, following right. the assault, David learns that his mum's condition has worsened and she died in hospital. Um, it... They do it in such a way where it's so nonplussed. It's sterile. That this is life. Like, yeah, yeah, kid. Like, sorry. I love that he, he got his mum's ashes like it was a fucking Pepsi can. Yeah. From a vending machine. Literally, like a Monsters <laughs> in Scare Jar. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they, it shows the world, does it not? That this literally sums up Life is fucking shite. Yep. I think it's trying to... Sh- uh, it, it does a bit of a shining a mirror on people don't matter anymore. It, it just shows how... don't matter like, now. It, it, yeah, but how that's what I'm on about. you are. Yeah. But in such a way where it's like, just nobody cares. When you die, you die, and well, nobody that, gives a fuck. The fact that he gets a call and it's like, yo, yeah, your mum's dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, she died. Um, here's an insurance package yeah. for, like, cremation. Go and get it done. Does he but, click on that? And it's like, hi, yeah. welcome to the insurance package. <laughs> that's me. If you'd like a cremation, that's me. <laughs> right did there. you notice the? Would you like to know more? Yes, I did <laughs> notice the. Would you like to know Could more? Could you imagine if he walked in like as a fucking holographic image? Jim pops up in a fucking suit, funeral <laughs> suit. It's like, hello, you've chosen the gym's funeral service. Hundred percent, it's a tacky suit. It's, definitely it's a, a bit st- too small. <laughs> the, the tie is slightly askew. <laughs> it's airs dishevelled. Yeah. 
the briefcase is got full stuff. of papers sticking yeah, out the side. It's, it's just outside. got gummy worms in it. <laughs> <laughs> just, no, blank pages. Blank pages. <laughs> so after his mum's death, a completely broken and broke David meets up with a, a Ripper Doc. Now, Ripper Docs in Cyberpunk, if you're not familiar, they're the people who do the augments. They're, they're unlicensed doctors that perform these augmentations. It doesn't, know, doesn't he know Ripper Doc anyway from his work? Yes, on the he, side? he used to... He, he, he gets BDs from him. Yes. Uh, and again, I'll explain. If you don't know what a BD is, it's a... It's like a flashback clip of an event that happened in somebody else's life. It's like a memory that you stick. can experience and you can feel it and, and it's all your Rick's senses. It's Rick's mind blowers. Are... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. More these mind blowers, more like. And p- people in this world, they like to live other people's deaths because they get a high from that feeling of. It's a thing. It, yeah. There are worse ways to get highs. Go look at Toad. <laughs> don't lick a toad don't lick yeah. a toad you'll get warts you can lick a toad turn into a for some reason the brain releases dopamine when you lick a toad uh, no I'm one, doing this no one knows why but <laughs> as a PSA anyone listening don't go, lick a toad go lick a toad <laughs> David requests from the Ripper Doc to install the Sandavestan the military augmentation the military augmentation into his body and that's how episode one ends we go to episode two we see that the Rip- Ripper Doc has agreed to install the device in David and it grants David this superhuman s- strength and speed and reflexes. He becomes um, a flash. Yeah, he can. Uh, when he, of, when yeah. he activates it, he slows down time and he can move faster than anyone else. Using his new abilities, David returns. <laughs> the first thing he does, which we would all do, is he goes back to the school and beats the shit out of Draco. Flash Thompson. Yes. Out of Flash. <laughs> See, I went Draco. You, you went Flash Thompson this time. And he does so in full view of all the security cameras. And obviously, this results in his expulsion from the academy. I mean, not the smartest thing to do as well, especially seeing as that's illegal military hardware tech. That and it's people Arasaka are looking for. Academy. Yes, you know it's the no. academy of the. I mean, he could have died, or even worse. Well, he doesn't. He didn't know the repercussions. Get expelled. Oh, <laughs> That's a Harry Potter joke <laughs> right there. Hermione Granger. Hermione. 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 Ooh. Murder. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Anyway, just uh, fucking we find thing out after thing after thing. We find out that Ketsuo's <laughs> oh. uh, We find out that Ketsuo's father, the one who beat up, is a guy called Tanaka, who is an executive at Arasaka's corporation. This man notices that David, through the footage, is able to utilize the tech without any side effects seemingly happen to him. It made me laugh when he was like, why have you sent me a video of my son getting the crap beating out of him? <laughs> Being assaulted. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, <laughs> just for a laugh. Just Good. for a laugh. For the dub, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> just for the YouTube comments. Bragging rights. Yeah. We all, my son is a shit and he deserves to get beaten up. Tanaka notices that the fact that this doesn't have any side effects makes, valuable, uh, makes David a valuable test subject for... Arasaka's products that they produce that seem to not work with most people. 
we cut back to David, and he is aimlessly just wandering the city. Um, he's he's lost. He doesn't really know what to do with himself. This is when he gets on the train, or it's it's not. Is it a train? Um, it's a it's monorail. Monorail. It's a monorail. Yeah, he gets on the monorail, and this is the when he encounters a net runner, Lucy, and it gets a bit more Mirror's Edge. Lu- yeah, she was there yeah, in Mirror's Edge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lucy is in the process of stealing money from Arasaka employees. Um, when she goes to steal David's, he activates his gear and stops her. And obviously Lucy then realizes this guy's not a normal guy. And she agrees to take him on as a partner in stealing from Arasaka executives. I thought this was very quick. Yeah, well, they have a night. It's only a night. They have a night of pickpocketing marks on the subway. She, she takes him along for the ride just for that night. David then suddenly collapses due to the overuse of the military gear. His nose bleeds and he collapses. Lucy calls for an ambulance and as they're going, the doctors then realise what tech he's got inside him and are like, pull guns on him. And are like, this guy's coming with us. He's got some valuable tech in it's his worth body. a lot of money. Yeah. And they, uh, so Lucy fucking, she throws the two of them out the back of the ambulance uh, and they sk- like skate off down the street on a on fucking a, on a hospital gurney. On a, on a gurney. gurney, yeah, yeah. It's good to see that gurneys haven't advanced in seventy-seven years. Yeah. They g- <laughs> it's not yeah. a hover gurney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Uh, they end up at a ripper doc who prescribes him immunosuppressants, uh, which I guess suppresses the gear. How I don't know, but no, I think it was Im- immune system. I, yeah, immunosuppressants. I think it stops fighting the augment. Yes. Yeah, stop his and body. He, he tells David, look, you can't use this tech more than two to three times a day, and three would be your max anyway, and I wouldn't even do that. And he goes, fuck off, Doc, I'll do what I like. <laughs> You're not my dad, regardless of David's. <laughs> we don't even know who my dad is. <laughs> no, we don't. Regardless of David's uh, unusually high tolerance, uh, he doesn't listen because he's got this tolerance to it. We've seen him use it, what, six times already? I think it was, he said eight or nine, didn't he? Yeah. Very Akira. This, very Akira. Fuck off. I do what you tell me. <laughs> Lucy ends up inviting David back to her apartment hey. where she confide, confides in him t- to him her dream uh, where she wants to migrate off world to live on the moon. Elon Musk style. To the moon. My guess is there is a colony up there. I'd imagine so, yeah. It's about time. It'd be fucking weird if there wasn't, and she was just chilling out on the moon. <laughs> just, <laughs> just her, for no reason. <laughs> Finally, some fucking peace and quiet. She, show, she shows David a virtual reconstruction of the moon's surface, I guess predated to any civilization living on it. Yes. And they, they have a wonderful time. A very amazing song plays. It's a very good yeah, song. Yeah, it was a nice scene. Soundtrack to this entire show was fucking good. Yeah, but, it was. Yeah, it was. But this all turns out to be just a distraction to David while she has contacted her gang of edge runners. And it ends with the him getting pulled out of that uh, virtual reality. By an ape. By an Maine. Ape. An ape. He's a fucking unit. I mean, Absolute he's, he's the three-star fridge. general from Kill the Kill. He is. <laughs> he's a fucking fridge. And we go into episode three. David is confronted by this gang of edge runners, led by... As we said, Maine. I just thought you said veg runners. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> veg runners. Just him with carrots. <laughs> Under <laughs> his arms. <laughs> Sacks of potatoes. 
<laughs> Cross the border. <laughs> Anything to declare? No. <laughs> Produce runners across the Canadian border. <laughs> the new Netflix documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Very Extreme ice drivers. We've had a turn. Veg runners. <laughs> We've had a turnip in his arm. Yeah. <laughs> where, where you been hiding that pineapple? <laughs> Veg runners. That's that's the fruit runners. They're the <laughs> rival gang. <laughs> the zucchinis. And they fight over tomatoes all the time. <laughs> they don't the... use guns. They're just for rotten fruit and veg at each other. <laughs> Um, there's the next scenario. <laughs> how, would you, how would you be a veg runner? <laughs> be a veg runner. <laughs> Main reveals that David's mum was selling equipment. Sex. Oh, <laughs> was selling equipment to the edge runners. So she would take strip, go to these scenes because she worked for the ambulance. Go to these scenes, strip out cyberware from people, and then sell them on to edge runners. That's how she was paying for David's um, schooling. schooling. David reveals to them all that his mum has died. And it sort of cha- it changes all of their emotions on David because they, they were very hostile towards him until they found out that this is her son and that she's dead and everything. And they kind of felt bad for him. And David turns around and says, I, I want to work for you guys. I mean, he's, he's got nothing else to do. no. And they, I mean, seemingly to to a young lad who's got nothing now and has this skill that he has and this ability with this augmentation, you kind of would. And everyone knows about the edge runners. You kind of would. You've got nothing else going on. I so want to say veg runners every <laughs> time. But yeah, everybody wants to join the edge runners because it's obviously a cool thing that everybody sees as cool. Would we so, join the edge runners? No, like I am 100% working for Arasaka. I am 100% working for Arasaka. I am up that chain in Arasaka. I am a suit. I'm a scientist guy just sitting in a lab thinking about the next Leo, crazy shit. I think shit. you'd be a rip doc. You would. Why would I be a rip doc? Yeah, because you'd just sit back fucking watching porn. Either that or you're JK. Waiting for people to come in. I'd, be th- I'd just be drunk all the time. Yeah. You would not want me installing anything. Yeah, you'd be a shit rip doc. <laughs> you'd be the cheapo one. More rip than doc. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine him being JK. Like wow, somebody that would like... A guy that just fucking makes BDs. Yeah, yeah why not? Filthy stuff. Filthy Absolute BDs. Filth. The, the real You're black... the guys that watch fucking anime porn. The real, the real, real black market BDs. The... <laughs> He's burying the BDs in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me skipping through it. In the local park. Throwing out BDs. <laughs> <laughs> David uh, demonstrates briefly his combat- uh, compatibility with the gear because they don't believe him as such. And he uses it twice right in front of their eyes. And he's like, well, that makes nine times today that I've used this gear. And look at me, I'm still standing. <laughs> Intrigued. Intrigued, Main honours his wish to join them. And he gives David a chance to prove himself. David then returns home having lost. He's completely at this point lost trust in Lucy because she sold him out to the edge runners. The next day, David meets up with the gang and Maine introduces him to the other members and we meet Kiwi, Dorio and Pila. They're the ones, <laughs> not not to be mistaken for the rice. Yeah. David then participates in a heist to or steal... the Dorio. To, st- <laughs> to steal navigation data from a driver for Arasaka. The plan doesn't go to plan... 
Because they never do. Because they never do. And due to unexpected complications, David and Lucy are forced to steal the limo. And gain, drive. And, and gain the data on the, on the move. Maine rescues them from a tiger claw. Now, a tiger claw, if you're not familiar with it, tiger claw is a group, uh, it's an organization, a gang, a mass gang that operates around Cyber City. I didn't know that. Is it what is it called Cyber City? Night City, I think. Night City, you've got it. No, it's it's very odd that they don't address Tiger Claws very much. I think I guess you're supposed to know who the Tiger Claws are before you the, ever watch this show. There's a lot of this show that just assumes you know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, you've either played the game or read the books and everything, yeah. I assume they were mercenaries. Like it was easy enough to assume even though I've not played Cyberpunk that they were mercenaries. You missed yeah. out. You should have played so, it at 1.0. Yeah. So what, the first time it came out? Absolute fun jokes. Anyway, <laughs> eventually they managed to kill the guys in the gang that are following him. And having been impressed by his performance, David is offered to join the Edge Runners. The episode ends with David receiving a message from the Academy, the Arasaka Academy, offering him to return suddenly. But he bluntly turns them down. Because he's got this new fuck gig. off. Yeah, right. It's... Why would you? Why the hell would fuck you go off. back there? That video of the principal. He clearly looks like a man who's got a gun to his head, reading off of a fucking placard. Yeah, right. Please return to the school immediately. It's almost like the eyes glance to the right and then are back in again, and it's like I'm, I'm reading it. Don't worry. He looks like he's under duress. Yeah, well, he's probably being paid for that. I think he's just under duress. I yeah. think it's just like you need to fucking get this right. We need this kid back. So we go into episode four. As a new recruit, David receives training and instruction from all the other gang members, um, including running errands for Peeler and his sister, Rebecca. I fucking love Rebecca, by the way. Yeah, she's a great character. Rebecca being the little one. Yes. Yes. She is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Do you not like her? I actually like David. You like David? Yeah. That's I like David for as you well. to like the main protagonist. I know. <laughs> Do you I like know. Lucy? Yeah. Okay. I don't mind. To be it. honest, I, I like most of them apart from the I weird like Rebecca. I really like Rebecca's character. She's just funny. The weird hands guy. She, I don't like. She's very Harley Quinn esque, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Kind I of. found yes. her very Harley Quinn, like just that. Yeah. She has those vibes. He David is taught then how to drive by Maine. Uh, he goes out jogging in the night with Lucy as well because she tells him that he should not only focus on augmentations but physically he should. Build muscle yeah, the and stamina. Uh, the stronger you are as a body, the stronger augments you can take. I yes. think it's pretty much the way she looks at it. Yeah. And he's like, well, I can take this massive augment. So. I bet you fucking <laughs> He also participates in several jobs with the crew, such as taking out gangs of scavengers, rescuing Rebecca from the Maelstrom gang. And helping, name drop. and helping Lucy with pickpocketing. Basically, it's a montage of David working with the uh, Edge Runners and also... Just odd jobs. His relationship with Lucy building as well because he's constantly talking with Maine about Lucy and how much he likes Lucy. So it's, it, it slowly builds to that. It's a bit on the nose for me. Uh, it, it was a lot. It's a very easy, very, very easy way to bypass building their relationship yeah it was by just going, it was. oh no they spent a lot of time together but here's a montage yeah. of them spending a lot of time together it's and slowly training montage yeah, i'm good is. now and her, her looking no. at him every now and again and impressed and you're like okay okay she's noticing him she's noticing him 
No, it's me, Senpai. No, it's it's, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's a very easy way to gloss over actually having to build that relationship. Animate an episode. Yeah, you could have done it in an episode. You could have, but they didn't. They did it in a montage for yeah. two minutes. David learns that Lucy is a talented netrunner, um, but that is really all the information he ever gets from his time spent with her. She's very aloof throughout this. Well, Dave, David doesn't think, when he confides in Maine, he doesn't think that Lucy feels the same about him. And he's having trouble figuring out Lucy. Yeah, but also Maine turns around when he... When David says to him, oh, she told me that she wants to go to the moon. And he's like, man, she told you about her hopes and dreams, man. That's different from what he's been doing with the rest <laughs> That's of That's deep, us. man. That's, That's deep, deep, man. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, David begins to feel at home with the gang. However. He does get an extra augment here. He it does. He gets, arm. no, lungs. Lungs. He gets augmented lungs to help him run better when he's running oh, with Lucy. Okay. Run good. I miss that. Unfortunately the for the group, gun I missed that as well. Believe me, the first time it took me a, a second look when when Cheney said. To I me, happened to notice him getting augmented lungs, and I was like, "Hold on a minute! I didn't realise he'd had another one done." Unfortunately for the group, on the way home from a bar, Pilar, the guy with the very long arms and the golden hands, yeah, the one that shows off with yeah, the bottles, he begins harassing a homeless man who is just standing on a container. He's urinating into a dustbin. We all knew. That shit was going to go down here. Well, and he was, he was, revealed... You could see that he had cyber psychosis. Yeah. And it's revealed that he has, yeah, as you said, cyber psychosis. And suddenly, out of nowhere, he blows Pilar's head off. Saying that, though, there was a really funny bit just before there where he went, Whoa, man, you've chromed up your dick. <laughs> yes, he did say that, yeah. When there's. Uh, Rebecca loses her shit at this point because that's her brother. Pilar was her brother. She goes psycho. The whole group. They're frozen for a moment because uh, that's how the episode started. Suddenly, the cyber psycho targets Lucy and David bursts into action and he uses his ability to move fast. He approaches the cyber psycho and shoots him in the head. As he's leaning over to check on Lucy, the cyber psycho's gun comes out of nowhere, points at David. You think he was going to be all right? Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to he die. He was the only Fine. one who thought he was going to die. I Fine. genuinely thought they, they were, were never going to kill David. Ever. Man. I thought oh, they were yeah. going to switch to Lucy at this point. You're a madman. And we were only like three episodes in. Like well, f- uh, four, but yeah. Four, but in the end, Maine finishes the uh, the homeless guy off by literally smashing his head off of his shoulders. Along with that part, when he shoots the homeless guy in the head. We have that moment where he stops, don't we? Because we've seen throughout this episode... He freezes because he, yeah, he, he doesn't gets, want to use a gun. Yeah. And he keeps recalling his mum in his head, uh, but he pulls the trigger this time. It's the first time he uses a gun. But he does it to protect someone. Yes. And we get that whole conversation with Lucy, don't we, after this? Yeah, so David takes Lucy home while the rest of the gang stay behind to deal with the mess. Maine actually turns around and says, I'll explain all this to the police because that's a cyber psycho. The police will understand and they'll just brush it under the rug. This is where Lucy reveals that her dream to go to the, mu- the, mu- the, moon, the moon was genuine. And she didn't actually lie to David about that. And David promises to Lucy that he's going to take her to the moon one day. It's too quick. And they kiss. It's to the moon. too quick. I, it was exactly what I said. I said it to you. It was too quick. I said I felt like it was rushed and forced. Um, as good as nice as it is, as uh, and as nice as I like the relationship between the two of them, you can't 
get that invested in it in because one you just yeah. you haven't spent enough time getting to know these two characters and watching them bond. It's a montage wasn't enough. No. And we go into episode five, final one. Oh, but she also does say, doesn't she, about the fact that um, she doesn't want him to carry on because she said it's not about... So you she says yeah. you don't make a name for yourself while you're alive. You make a name for yourself by the, the way you die. And you're too nice to be in this life, pretty much. She says David's got potential and more to live for and she doesn't want to see him ruin it. Again, very touching. Had a relationship been formulated? Do you know what I mean? That whole speech would have been great and you would have been more attached to it if you were attached to the, these two people yeah. being together. That came episode six or so. I mean, quite frankly, I'd rather David ended up with Rebecca at this point. Yeah, I'm not I even know that you bothered. Would, yeah. there is, you know what I mean? There is as much relationship and chemistry from our point of view. Right? There is. Like, I've seen Rebecca look at him and spend more time with him than I've ever seen Lucy. Yeah. There so needed to be you know, a heist episode or an episode where they work together and she got into they just more need, trouble. They or... just need to be so, all he did was save her life from that cyber psycho and then all of a sudden we're supposed to go, that's it, they've enforced it, they're in love, they're yeah. definitely in love. But then even Lucy turns around and goes, you're that type of person, David, that if a friend was in danger, you'd run in. And, and, that and that's in, that is enforced in, I think, episode seven later on, but we won't address that. Oh, six. Six? Six. But um, at that point in time, we're like, oh, no, David rushed in because it was Lucy. Well, actually, no, David does just rush in to save people. That he's got that Spider-Man syndrome. <laughs> anyway, episode five. The gang tries to find more leads on Tanaka. And Kiwi mentions Kiwi is the hacker chick. Yeah? Yeah. She mentions that she's discovered that he secretly indulges in illicit brain dances created by a man called JK, who does BDs. David recognises the initials as a handle of Jimmy Kurosaki, who is a famous snuff BD director, who also custom tunes BDs for special clients. Woo! That was a lot to say. Yes, so you need some of those augmented lungs. This um, this guy, he as it says, he makes BDs that are custom made, that aren't black market. Seeing an opportunity to ambush Tanaka, the gang attempts to kidnap JK to get him to then contact Tanaka to bring Tanaka to them. He outwits them though because he's got all these fucking augmentations. He's got a uh, EMP pulse, I believe. That's yeah, what he, he uses. Has, yeah. And he's got eyes, about four of them, in the back of his fucking head. Yeah. It's <laughs> taking the saying, literally. He captures David and flees the scene with uh, Lucy and Dorio in pursuit because they've got a tracker on David. Dorio is, if I haven't explained it, is this massive henchwoman that runs with the Edge Runners, who is also in a romantic relationship with Maine. JK subjects David to a traumatic brain dance which indulges cyber psychosis. So he makes them to force people to go mad. Before he can do this, though, he's stopped and he's captured by Lucy and Dorio. And with no other choice, JK agrees to lure Tanaka in. There is a brief moment here where he has some time with David where he warns, he cautions David about the gear that he's got. And he's like, 
you're not going to be okay, David. Like, and David's like, no, I know I'm going to be all right because this gear is. I'm used I'm, to it. It's I'm, easy. I'm at one with this gear. And he's like, nobody is at one with the gear. Eventually it will take over and you will see. Tanaka arrives eventually to meet with JK and is, after a brief fight, captured. Uh, he fires off what I can only say is, you know when a porcupine fires its fucking quills? Yeah. Yes. He just does that. Um, and unfortunately for JK, he takes a needle to the neck and is mortally wounded. But just before he... Uh, no, he didn't take an arrow to the knee. It's just a stupid way to die, A needle die, to the it? neck. I think, that, I think it is supposed to be. I think Because even they turn around and go, poor bastard, took one right in the throat. Yeah. Uh, but just as he bleeds out, he looks at David and smiles. And laughs, sort and of. And has a little bit of a giggle and then dies. With a trauma team unit on the way, that's what they're called, trauma team. The gang is forced to quickly evacuate with Tanaka while David remains troubled by JK's words. That's how it ends. I mean, you would be. The guy's basically gone, no matter what you do, you're going to go fucking nuts eventually. So, that's five episodes of the ten for Cyberpunk Edge Runners. How do we feel so far? I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good. A lot rushed. Yes. It Um, it is rushed. Well, they Um, did only do ten episodes. I guess they were just cramming it, weren't they? But... um, it's a good show. Yeah, it's very different. animated it's really very, well. Yeah, it's very I'm different from what we do, isn't it? You know, I knew you'd like the look because it's very Ghost in a Shell. Yeah, not just Ghost in a Shell, but it is very Gurren Lagann-y. It's got the same blocky sort of uh, creative yeah. design as what those. Em- I, other if, yeah, but even I didn't mind the show. I I, I like I liked. Uh, to be fair, I did. I have played Cyberpunk and that, and I like the game. So um, you were definitely going to like this. So I knew I knew everything that was going on. I knew all the the, the, the references and the characters, and I, I spotted characters in throughout the show where I was like, yeah, they're in the game. That's in the game. That location's in the game. So I knew kind of what See, was going on. See, you got on. that, but then I also have the opposite. I have never played Cyberpunk. Yeah. And actually, I still followed it completely. It was fine. Yeah, yeah, because you, I you don't follow have it. to know. It's not a necessity no. at all. I've only ever done the books, and I, I could follow this. Yeah. And it, and it was fun. Like it was something that you could just sit down and watch one quick. Yeah, episode. You're, not, you're not attached to anyone. No. They um, because of the way it is rushed through. It's very you're not, gory. You're not bothered. Yeah, but that add, that that adds to it. I think yeah. they need, they needed that gore. I mean, otherwise... the fact that it starts with like thirty cops getting absolutely mowed yeah. down. They needed that. They because there's a good show of um, the disassociation mm-hmm. that people have with death. Because nobody gives a shit. This futuristic world, yeah. nobody. Fo- people die all the time, and nobody cares. That's the way it is. Unless you're an important person who who has trauma team insurance and whatnot. No, it's like, all the augments just make them less human. Yes, and it's that descent. The more augments you get, the less human you become, and then you go fucking psycho. Yeah, pretty much. That's the whole point of the show. And in the game, uh, I mentioned this to you earlier, but in the game, there is a group of people who dedicate their lives to not having any augmentations at all, even the basic stuff. Um, they're, they're basically monks, uh, and they literally stand there in parks and down streets and stuff preaching that augmentations are bad. Um, so I like that as well. And I, I think it's very brief, but as David walks through a park, you actually see one of those monks in the background doing some sort of fucking like namaste yeah, they, stuff they, they paid attention yeah it's just the characters they fill just, the world it's not exact they're not bad you just like you say you just don't 
care. No, you don't care for them. You, like you if like they the died characters. and only three of them carried on, you'd yeah. be like, okay. Yeah, you like the characters, but you don't care about the characters. Although I did get into it, I was hooked on it. Yeah, I, I watched it and I got to like episode nine, and then I was like, I probably should stop. I think knowing that there's only ten as well sort of makes it beatable for it you is. anyway. Um, and there's enough content in there to keep you going. So I mean, for me, watching another five isn't going to be a problem. There's not much more we can say on it, really, no, is it? I, I, you know, because no. it's you. There's nothing to go in depth on. The show doesn't go in depth. No, we can't go in depth on the relationships it's between not there. the characters. There is no depth to it. We don't really know because th- there was no building blocks for it. There's a lot of information that you're given, but uh, not a lot of. They've got to explain this cyberpunk world in a very short amount of time, and and it essentially is just this massive new world that they've created. That they've gone. Here's a little bit of it. Here's probably the best way to explain it. There's a lot of information, but not a lot of depth. Yeah. So you've got, here's a load of info about the world, but not a lot of depth about the characters and the things that are going yeah. on. But the music's the banging, stuff, isn't the it? Im- so. The soundtrack's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On that note, it's time for us to chuff off. All you summoners can join us next time where we do part two of Cyberpunk Edge Runners, episodes six to ten. If you've got any questions or queries or just want to see what we're up to, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at How Not To Summon or join our Discord at How Not To Summon A Podcast or go to our website at HowNotToSummon.com where you can find all our links. I've been Shinny Senpai. I've been Jim. I've been Grayson. See you later. See ya. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.